The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. The court has rejected the erroneous narrative that a right to abortion exists in the U.S. Constitution, meaning individual states are at liberty to establish jurisdiction and limits over abortion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The wicked law of Roe v. Wade is overturned. That is overturned in Jesus' name. We, we, we rejoice in that. Amen. And I, the Lord, and Lee, Lee, I really had heard the, the word from my son Lee first. So I was looking at my phone knowing that it was coming. It could come any day. But the Lord had really already given me this message that I'm going to preach today. Um, and then Friday the, the word came of what, you know, what the, uh, the Supreme Court had done. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, as we, as we reflect on what has happened in our nation and in this ruling, um, I just want to make, as your pastor, just a couple of observations. And I, I think this is important for us to, to, to see and understand these things. Um, so the first one is this. Um, I shudder to think that today in our country there are reluctant pastors and Christians that are ashamed to get up before their congregations and celebrate the victory that we had this past week. I shudder to think about that. I, I, I just, my mind, I can't, not, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, that you cannot stand before your church and celebrate what God has done for this nation is a, is, 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 is a shame. And um, uh, I said this before, abortion is not a political issue, it's a God issue. It was hijacked by the politicians, but it doesn't belong in Washington, D.C. The issue belongs in the church. It's not, it's not political. It's God. It's what the Word of God says. So if, if matters of life and death are not spoken from the pulpits and churches like ours, where will it be proclaimed? Because if we're not speaking the truth from pulpits like this one this morning, where, where is our nation and our country going to hear the truth of what the Word of God says? They're not. They're not going to hear it. This is where it belongs, in God's house. Proverbs 6 says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Now, if I'm reading the Bible, and the Bible narrows down six things that God hates, just six, I would pay attention to all six of what those are. And one of them is God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. The church is called to hate what God hates, and we are called to love the things that God loves. Not to hate the things the world hates and love the things the world loves. We represent Jesus Christ. We, we are his ambassadors. We represent the word of God. So I'm not ashamed to stand before you and publicly, as this is being proclaimed on Facebook Live, we celebrate the decision that was made Friday, and we are rejoicing and we are thankful of what uh, of this decision that, that life will be preserved and life will be protected. Amen. Amen. The second observation is this. God has faithful warriors. This church can rejoice that we played a part. We played a small part, but we played a part in the decision that was made Friday. Right. 
We're, we're not ashamed to say that we are a pro-life church. We've never hid, we've never hid behind the scenes and, and tried to hide who we really are. We, we've always been very public about who we are. We, we, we take the stand. Brother Bill Shanks goes every year in New Orleans, and we stand with him on the neutral grounds in New Orleans, and we pray against the Planned Parenthood clinic that is there on South Claiborne. We have the, the pro-life change that Brother Bill Mayer mentioned, mentioned to us about right here in Covington, where we just gather in peaceful protests, saying that, guess what? We love life. What's wrong with that? Why would a Christian hide the fact that he loves life? that he is not ashamed to say he defends life. Why, 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 would, we, why would we be ashamed of that? And my wife mentioned, and, and we will update that slide, but, but we, look, Monday night prayer, we say, well, prayer, and pe pe Christians say this, they, they say all the things that we're going to do, and they say, oh, and, and also, and by the way, we can pray. Like, that's the last thing we do. No, that's the first thing you do. That's the first thing that you do is pray. And we gathered here, and the Lord placed in my heart one of the slides. I think we had like 10 or 12 slides that come up with different issues that we, or different things that we are crying out from. One of the slides was we specifically put on a slide that we pray that the, the, the Roe v. Wade will be overturned in Jesus' name. We prayed that. So we played a small part. I've said this before. Uh, the Lord really convicted me on the issue of abortion. When we joined the Tabernacle Church, it was the Assembly of God at the time in Chalmette. And coming from the Baptist church, the, the, it just really wasn't something that was talked about. You, you knew that there was pro-life, pro-choice, abortion, but you really were kind of uh, in the dark about really what it was all about. And we joined the church at the Tabernacle in Chalmette, and Brother Carl began to mention that publicly before the congregation, and Brother Bill Shanks, and, and how he went and protested at the, it was the abortion clinic in Metairie over there, off, off of, uh, right off the, on the South Shore, right off of the causeway. I forgot the name of the street that it was, Ridge Lake right there. And Brother Bill was, was faithful, and, and, and he prayed for those things. But, but the, the Holy Spirit, see, now, see, what happens is before you can say, well, I'm, I can plead ignorance, I didn't really know what was going on. But when something is being exposed, and all of a sudden you have the facts and you understand what's going on, then you have a right and a responsibility to act on that. And that's what God did, and I said, well, you know, I felt so small because I'm like, God, what? I'm just one person. What, what can I do? So I said, well, you know, if they have a, a, a gathering at the, at the abortion clinic, I can show up. Uh, I may not be able to go to my legislature or be a senator or be a, be a uh, you know, representative, but I can show up at an abortion clinic and I can pray. I can do something. So God began to convict me. What, what part can I play? And then for our church, I'm proud to say, that our church stood for these things and stood for these values, and we, and we prayed for those things. But, but there were faithful warriors that have literally given their lives for this cause, literally given their lives for this. And I, I just want to name some of them. Bill Shanks is one of them. If you've seen one of the news reports that they did, they had Brother Bill standing in the back, and the, 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 the reporter was given a story of the, and there was a lady, and she was, she was pointing her finger up, Bill Shanks, saying that, that you hurt women, you hate women. Uh, she was, it was just, it was so, and I'm, I know Brother Bill Shanks. I know his heart, and he has given his life, so he's someone we need to thank. Brother Rod Agaloid, way back in the, in the 70s, when this, when this was, law was first passed, Brother Rod Agaloid was, was, was a pioneer, along with Pastor Keith Tusi on the cutting edge of pushing back the darkness of Roe v. Wade and abortion in this nation. They gave their lives for this. That's how Brother Rod and Pastor Keith met. 
They met in jail because they were arrested for protesting for pro-life. That's how the two men met. Gene Mills, he's the president of the Louisiana Family Forum. We, he, he said in an email that he sent out that he's literally given his adult life for this cause. That's what, see, I feel small, but I can do something. I just can't sit back and say, well, I know that this is happening, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do nothing. I can do something. Dorothy Wallace, she's the uh, director of a crisis pregnancy center in Baton Rouge called Caring to Love Ministries. Sister Carmen Broder right here in Covington, the North Lake Crisis Pregnancy Center. We support both of those uh, centers. Then in our church, he's not here with us this morning, but we have our own Bill Mayer that has been very vocal and very public about keeping us, keeping our church up to date on legislation, pro-life causes. So, so we need to thank these men and women that, that, again, have literally given their lives, their time, their education, their resources that, to, for the cause of pro-life to fight against pro-abortion, to fight against abortion. So I, I, I texted uh, Brother Rod and Pastor Keith after the, the ruling came down Friday. I just sent him a quick text, and I said, we're just thanking God for your, for your faithfulness. Yeah, we're faithful to this cause. And I said, I'm simply just sending you this message just to say this. Thank you. That's all I said. I just said thank you. So if you can think of someone in your life that has really been vocal and really that, like laid it all down, Bill Shanks, he's given his life. I think he was at, he was at, at, at a, that clinic in Metairie every Saturday. They went during the week, gave, given their lives for these. And I, and I said this, where would our nation be if men and women weren't willing to stand up and take this by the head? We, we wouldn't be where we are today. They would just run rampant and do whatever they want to do. But somebody was willing to stand up and say, I'll get involved, I'll get engaged. I'll spend my resources, my education, my time, my energy for this cause. Men and women have done that. Thank you, Jesus, that somebody is willing to stand for those things. Jesus explained the persistence of, of these men and women in Luke 18. He says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Amen. Now listen to this. Who cry out to him day and night. Amen. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Amen. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Those men and women were persistent. And this, this, they, they labored for 50 years. The parable that Jesus was sharing there and there's other parables that he shared, when you, when you read the teaching of Jesus that he gave on prayer, what was the common denominator in all the parables that he shared? Persistence. But what, what, what does Christians do? And I'm guilty of this. What do we do? We pray. If a need comes or we see a cause or whatever, we pray. But what do we do? We stop. We don't see anything happening. We we, no, nothing's changing. In some situations, we start praying for something, and guess what? The situation gets worse. So we just, we, we just give up. What did Jesus say? Who cry out to God day and night. Cry out to God day and night. That means I don't see it. I cry out to God day. I don't hear anything. I, day and night. You keep crying out. So, so that, the, the prayer thing, that's, that, that's not something we should stop. That's something we should reinforce. In other words, that's telling me this prayer stuff works. 
Like God is, God really is up there listening to us, just like his word tells us he is. The third observation is this. The fight is not over. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer to y'all this morning, but abortion is still legal in the United States today. And I believe the, the, the Supreme Court, and I don't know the history, I've got to go back and follow the history of Roe v. Wade and what occurred before that, but I want to know as a nation, how did we get to a place where we legalized murder in the womb? I, I, I want to know that. Now, I'm, I'm proud of the Supreme Court and what they've done, but, but in my estimation, they, did, they didn't go far enough because what we're doing is we're still endorsing murder in this country. We, we are still saying that murder is okay in the womb. And in some states, they have said that if the, if the abortion is botched and the baby survives, they can even kill the baby then. I think it's New York and Virginia has passed, passed those laws. So until Christ returns and puts Satan under our feet, evil and sin still remains. It's still in our land. The church must continue to stand for righteousness, holiness, and justice. The enemy is already devising schemes to get women to other states to have abortions. I read on, my, on my, uh, one of the uh, uh, news uh, stories that, that they listed a, a list of uh, companies that, that are going to reimburse uh, employees to go. If, if, if an employee needs to travel to another state to have, to have an abortion, these companies are going to reimburse that employee for their expenses. Lord, help us. The, the, and and, and, and the, the rhetoric that you hear and the, 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 just the lies and the deception, it's all from the enemy. It's from Satan. We must pray for mothers, for women, for pregnant women, for husbands, for fathers, for boyfriends to love and protect life. I'm not ignorant to know that people are affected by this, that, that people have... That, that there's women that have, that have probably had this procedure done and now they, they, they reflect maybe on their shame, their guilt. The church needs to be in a position to love them, to, to disciple them, to counsel them, to, to, be, to be the church, not to condemn them. We need to support crisis pregnancy centers. We, we should hope that the, that the crisis pregnancy centers has an influx of women coming there, seeking help. Realizing now that, especially in Louisiana, thank you, Jesus, the, the three abortion clinics that will live there closed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And we played a part in that. We, we voted that we voted to change the Constitution in Louisiana, that we don't want abortion in our state. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to support crisis pregnancy centers. But really... You need to change people's hearts with the saving message of the gospel. Right. Laws, laws are not going to change people's hearts. Right. We're, like I said, I'm not trying to be a downer here. We're excited, but the work has really just begun. Right. The work will never stop till Christ returns. Right. The church has a lot of work to do. But writing a law in Congress or Supreme Court overturning or, or giving us a law is not going to change somebody's heart. That only happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Only Jesus can do that. They must, they must repent and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and surrender their lives to his control. 
So today we celebrate, but much work remains. See, the church has not been called in the past, nor does it call today to stand in judgment or condemnation of the sinner. If that was God's position for the church, uh, Christ would not have had to die for the sinner. And we can say with the Apostle Paul, of which I am the chief sinner of all. Thank you, Jesus, that, that, that you died for the sinner. So the church is not called, and I, and I can be guilty of this. I get angry. I'm, I'm in the flesh like you are. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, but I also have the flesh. I'm still in this flesh, and I, I get angry. I, I listen to the filth that's being spewed, the lies, the deception, and, and I want to bow up. But I have to remember the source of all the things that, the, that, that, that is being spoken from the enemy. It's powers and principalities and dark places, the Bible says. We wage war not with flesh and blood. It's a spiritual war. So we, 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 can't hate, we can't hate them. That's hard for me. But we hate what they say. We, we hate the lies. I, I hate the deception. I, but I can't hate them. We have to love them. That's hard. That's, that's Jesus. That, that, that's only, only Jesus can do those things for us. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Today's message is, Lord, heal our land. Lord, heal our land because Healing, that, that, that decision Friday, that's, that's not going to bring healing to our life. If anything, it's going to bring more division. We need to cry out as a church and as a Christian, Lord, heal our land. Because our land needs to be healed. See, the decision made Friday does not suspend or alleviate the church's place in our world. If anything, it reinforces the necessity of its purpose. There's a reason why the church exists, to uphold the values of life and truth and liberty and the things that the Word of God says. That, that's what the church does. The church represents God. We, we represent Jesus. That, that, that we're ambassadors. That, that's what the church does. So, so the church is needed in our culture and in our nation. But the church must always be guided by the principles and truths of God's Word not the changing winds of people's opinions and laws. I, I can't, as a pastor, make the decision of what I'm going to speak about based on what Congress passes in laws. I can't do that. I'm guided by the Word of God. And the Bible says that God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. So that's, that's our guiding principle. That's, our, that's the document the Constitution is big, but that's not the document that guides a believer. The document that guides a believer is the Bible, the Word of God. What does God's Word say? That, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the only question you need to ask yourself when you confront any issue in your life or in the world. That's the only thing you need to ask yourself is this. What does God say? Not what does my mama say, my daddy say, my brother say, even my pastor. What does God say? That's what this church is called to represent. What, is, what does God say? And for that, I'm not ashamed. And for that, we don't need to apologize. There's no apology needed. I, I am speaking the truth of what God says. I'm just a, I'm a vessel. I'm an instrument. I'm a voice. 
The prophets in the Old Testament, when they spoke with the word of God, said, guess what happened to them? They got killed. They got put in jail. They got persecuted. What happened to John the Baptist? We're ambassadors of the truth of what the word of God says. This church must be the voice that ushers in real healing in our land. That should be our message and our goal. Our position moving forward is to pray for healing in our land. Proclaim and speak the word of God that brings healing and deliverance to our nation and to our world. That's what God has called us to do. Isaiah 59, 14 says, Justice is pushed back and righteous behavior stands far away. For truth has fallen in the city square and integrity cannot enter. The first thing I want us to look at this morning is we have to speak the truth in love. We have to speak the truth in love, just like the Word of God says. But look what Isaiah says here. And this, this scripture is so relevant for today. For truth has fallen in the city square. Some translations say truth has stumbled, and others say, and I like this one the best, truth has been chased out. We don't want truth. And you and I don't have the luxury of deciding what we like is true and what we don't like is true. That, that's not for us to decide. That's already been decided for us by the Word of God. Here's what we have to do. We have to obey the truth of what the Word of God says. We don't decide what the truth is. But truth is falling in the city square. It's, it's stumbled. It's, in other words, the, the, the nation, our, our, our elected representatives, our leaders, and they don't want the truth. They want opinions and feel-good things and feel-good stories, but that's not what the church is called to do. We're called to stand on the truth of what the Word of God says. See, the media has turned the court's decision into a us against them, conservative against liberals, Republicans against Democrats. But we are, not, we are not celebrating a conservative victory. We are celebrating the truth that all life is valuable. Amen. It's not us against them. Republicans and conservatives didn't win. God won. Amen. Truth won. Right. See, but that's what the, that's what the world does. It, it tries to pit people against one another. Right. That's right. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. But we're principalities. We're, it, it, there's, a, there's an enemy. There's a force. There's a force that comes against the truth of what the Word of God says. That comes against you and I standing for Christ. We are living in an anti-Christ generation. The Bible tells us that. See, Christians don't need science to tell us when life begins. I don't need a scientist to tell me when life begins. Although science will support what my head already knows. The common sense that's already up there. That already knows these things. But I don't need a scientist to tell me God has already told me what, when life begins. The Bible has already explained that to us. In Psalms 139... For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's what God says. The truth is that life is given by God alone. We are all created in the image 
of God. Amen. Unique and special, every one of us. Right. Right. There, are, there are no mistakes or unwanted children. Right. Listening to one of the talk shows Friday, I shouldn't have did that. I, got, I get angry when I listen to this stuff. <laughs> and people are calling in, and the, and the things that these people are saying, and they, somebody called in, and they, were, they, they said that they started to think what this nation's going to look like in the next 10, 15, 20 years when we, when, we have, when we have gathered all of these children that are unwanted. That we have allowed all these children to be born that were unloved. Somebody said that in our nation, in our state. They said that. I'm here to tell you there is no child that is unwanted. There is no child that is unloved. Every child is a gift of God. There's no mistakes. God doesn't make a mistake. Y'all have heard this shared, Lori shared this before, that when she was pregnant for Lee, she went to seek counsel to have an abortion for Lee. My wife did that. Lee, you're not a mistake. You're loved by God. You're his instrument. You're, you're, you, you are valued. You are loved by God. You are mighty. You're a mighty man of God. You are awesome. Mighty father, mighty husband. Thank you, Jesus. There's no mistakes. I rebuke and I reject that lie in Jesus' name. Yes. Abortion is taking a life that God has created. Abortion has opened the door for a spirit of murder in our nation. See, this is the deception of abortion. And this is probably why back in the 70s and the 80s, a lot of Christians didn't get involved because we were using words like abortion and fetus instead of using words like murder and child or murder and baby. So you listen to abortion, fetus, ah, fetus, maybe it's really not. No. Murder and baby. That's the truth. But that doesn't sound right. That's what, that's what the truth is. Gene Mills said in his email that he sent out Friday, the court has done its job, but it cannot do ours. We are simply entering a new phase of the struggle for life. The culture of death that Roe fostered needs to be systematically deconstructed. He's right. Since Roe was instituted, 63 million, we, we can't even wrap our minds around that, 63 million babies have been murdered. We, we, have, we have endorsed, we have legalized murder. And you say, well, that doesn't have a connection with murder in the streets when young people are killing themselves in the streets in New Orleans. Yes, it does. You've devalued life. We, we have made, as a society, the decision on who lives and who doesn't live. Euthanasia, that's the killing of elderly people. The, the, the basically, that you and I get to decide that when someone reaches a certain age or whatever, that they don't have a right to live anymore. So what we've done is we've basically tell, telling our children and our society murder is okay. I'm believing that we are going to see a reduction of murder in our nation because this Roe law was overturned. And I, I, I'm believing that. But we need to pray for that. Yes. See, it's not time for the church just to fold their hands and sit back and say, thank you, Jesus, what a great victory. It's over with now. It ain't over with now. Right. It's not over with. Right. Babies are still being murdered today. Right. People are still killing each other today. 
Speaking the truth means speaking against murder at every level, whether it's in the womb or in the nursing home. It doesn't matter. You shall not murder is a command. Thou shall not murder. I don't need anybody to interpret that. I believe the decision to overturn Roe is the beginning of healing in our land. There's going to be a lot of division. There's a lot, there's a lot of division, but we must pray that God will lift off the spirit of murder that has plagued our land and bring healing and restoration. That's what the church needs to begin to pray. That God lift off the spirit of murder, that spirit of hatred, that, 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 that jealousy, whatever it is, that rage that, 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 that people are filled with. Lord, lift that, Lord, lift that spirit up off of our land, God, and heal our land, God. The decision made Friday will not heal our land. It's a, it's a door. I believe it, it, can be a, it can be an opening that God will use. But the church needs to step in and begin to cry out and begin to pray. See, abortion is not a political debate. The Tabernacle Church is not just pro-life. We are pro-truth. I've said this before. If someone ever asks you as a Christian the church you go to, and they say, well, what does your church believe about whatever? Whatever the subject is. What, what, is your, what does your church believe? Don't tell them this is what my church believes. You know what the answer is? This is what God says. That way you're not, def you're not see, that, that, that removes the defense. I'm, I don't have to defend. This is what God says. We're, 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 we're pro-truth. I'm pro-Bible. <laughs> All of it. The next thing is in Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. The next thing we need to pray for is we need to celebrate, or we need to create a culture that celebrates life. Amen. The church needs to create a culture that celebrates life. See, many Christians fail to recognize this fact. Abortion is an assault on God's design for the family. That scripture in Genesis, again, it's, is a command. Be fruitful. God is commanding us to be fruitful and to multiply. But see, we are living in a society as a whole that really no longer celebrates families. We don't celebrate children. And it's almost like the, the family unit of the mother and father and four, five, three, four, what, that, 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 that family unit is almost like that's become outdated. Like that's old-fashioned now, that, that we moved on to something else. But I'm here to tell you the family still works. God's design is still the best design there could ever be. That you are blessed, that you are blessed in Jesus' name. See, the role of the, of the father and the mother is not in biblical order. See, children are God's seed to increase and fill the earth. Abortion is the weapon used to kill the seed. That's what abortion does. It's an assault against God's design. This is not just accidental. The enemy is wise. He's smart. And that's his, that is his plan to kill the seed. The church needs to take the lead on creating a culture where children are accepted and desired. 
Father, forgive me that I even have to say that. That it even has to be spoken in a church. And I'm not saying that to this church because I believe we do. We love life. We love children. We celebrate children. But we need to bring that out there and show the community and the world that, that, that God loves children. See, and, th- and I've heard this all my life. And then I realized when I had kids that none of this was true. But what does society say? Don't have too many children because why? They're going to cost you too much. Don't have too many kids. Why? Because they're going to take up too much of your time. Don't have children because it's too difficult to raise them in today's world. I reject every one of those as a lie from Satan. That's a lie in Jesus' name. I I prophesy over every young couple in this church that is still childbearing. Have kids. Be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. Reject every lie of that. See, if you, if you, if you say that God, that, that God can't provide, then you, you, you don't trust God. Right. What, 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 did Jesus, what did Jesus say? If he's not concerned about the sparrows, every sparrow's fed. They don't, they don't wake up every morning. A sparrow doesn't wake up every morning and wonder, where am I going to eat? The food is there. The lilies are being clothed. Better than Solomon, it says, the, the lilies are clothed in the fields. How much more will God and I take care of you? That's, right. I, that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Right. I reject that lie in Jesus' name. I don't, you, if you have 100 kids, God will provide for all 100 of your children. What does God say regarding children? Psalm 127 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Thank you for the truth, Lord Jesus. Now look what God says about kids. God says they are a gift. It doesn't say they cost anything. It says they are a gift. It says they are a reward. I can tell you every one of my kids, their gifts and their rewards. They are arrows. And they, are, they bring joy. They're joyful. That's what God says. I don't find anywhere in Scripture where the Bible tells us to limit the number of kids we have or anywhere it says, be careful how many kids you have because you might not be able to pay for the kids that you have. I don't see that. It's not there. But I promise you, if you've not said that, you've heard someone that said that before. That's a lie. It's a lie. The Bible says Satan is the father of lies. One of the greatest ways the church can conquer abortion is to create a culture that celebrates life and children. Celebrate your children. I know it, I know it's, it, it ain't easy. Look, we've been through all of it. We had the little ones, we had the, we had the teenagers, we had, we had all of it. Girls, boys, jail, all of that. We had it all. But guess what? I wouldn't trade none of it. And I wouldn't do it any different. Now that might sound kind of strange to some of you with small kids that say, I hope my kids don't ever go to jail. hope they never get in trouble. I wouldn't change a single thing. Because God is faithful. And God did it his way, and guess what? His way was better than mine. That's right, that's right, that's right. 
have children. Celebrate children. Love, love children. Don't, don't, don't despise children. Don't think they're, they're taking up my time. They, they, I, I, love your children. Amen. Celebrate children, church. That, that's, that's our message. That, that, see, that, see, this is looking at it from another angle. So we're trying to look at it just from the courts. I'm trying to change society's hearts. And now what I want to do is I want to create a culture in society that says, you know what? It's a good thing to have kids. That if I get married, guess what, guess what we should do? We should have kids. We create that culture. So guess what that does? If a, if a woman gets pregnant, guess what she's going to do? Oh, my gosh, I want to have this baby. I, I, I want to I love this life. I, I'm looking at these families. They have kids. They love their children. Look at God's blessing them. We need to, we need to create a culture that celebrates life. And it's the church. The church needs to do that because the world's not going to do it. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The last thing I want to share is only Jesus can heal our land. Laws, laws cannot provide salvation. The Supreme Court could overturn abortion today. We could get that message today. The Supreme Court has just overturned abortion. There's no more abortion in the United States. That will not change a single heart. It will be a door. It, it will be something the Holy Spirit will use as a gate, as an avenue to get to someone, but that will not change someone's heart. That's only done by the working power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. God loves life. He loves the world, and he's calling us to repent and turn to Jesus that we might be forgiven and be healed. See, abortion is a symptom of a godless generation. That's what abortion is. It's a symptom of something deeper, that we don't want God. We've rejected God. We don't want God in our lives. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, only Jesus can, can change a blind heart. See, we look at the things that people are saying, that young man that called in or that man that called into that radio station and said that he, 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 he can't believe that a day is going to come when, it, when a gathering 10 or 15 years, a group, of, a group of children that were unloved and unwanted. See, he's speaking that because he's blinded. That's why we can't hate them. We, we hate what they stand for. We hate the words that we can't hate them. They're blinded, the Bible says. There, there's a veil that's been placed over them. That, that same thing that the Apostle Paul had. Paul, Paul had a veil. He was killing Christians. There was a veil. But the Bible says when he opened up his eyes, something like scales fell from his eyes. And all of a sudden, guess what, guess what Paul could see? What God sees. But guess how that happens? It's by the Holy Spirit. I, I could preach till I'm blue in the face. I, I, I could keep telling people the truth and, and quote scriptures and memorize scriptures over and over and over. The revelation will not come unless it's by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Only Jesus can set a heart free that is blinded. 
Only he can provide forgiveness and healing for those who have been impacted by abortion. We need to love those who have been impacted by this, the mothers. God hasn't called us to condemn them. Jesus, Jesus said, I have, not come to, I have not come to the world to condemn the world, but to love the world. If Jesus is not condemning them, how can the church? Now, that doesn't mean we don't speak the truth, but that's not condemnation. That's telling them the truth. But the truth is God loves them, that God will forgive them that their life is not over, that their life in Christ has just begun. We need to speak that salvation and healing is found in no one else. It's not found in the Supreme Court. It's not found in the person that occupies the Oval Office. It's not found in who we elect as our senators and our representatives. That's not where it's found at. Salvation is found in no one else except the name of Jesus. So the church cannot... And this might sound strong, but we can't take the victory we've had with abortion and substitute that for salvation. The message of salvation still stands preeminent. That's the first thing we have to speak in Jesus' name. You must be saved. So we can't sit back and say the work is done. Thank you, Jesus. No, it's never done. We are taken away until Christ returns. We proclaim the message of salvation. God is calling his people to cry out to him. Y'all can come up and just begin to play, please. God wants his church to cry out. We're going to celebrate. We should celebrate. That was a tremendous victory. That's cause for celebration. But it's not the end. You can't put an exclamation point on that and say that's the end. It's not the end. People are still dying today without Jesus. That's our message. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That should be our heartbeat. God, heal our land. God, heal our land. That's what the church should be crying out crying out to God for, that God gives us compassion for our land. Amen. I'm going to ask everybody just to stand to your feet, please.